What's going on? This is Beer Rap and Banner uh, at Be- Beer Rap Bants. Myself, Ben English. Myself, Cal Sirius. And we have a special guest with us today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Nadia Collier, friend of Ben, follower of, follower of Bear Rap and Bands. Thank you. You're not just a friend of me, but you're an amazing person who we've... You, thank uh, you, thank you. It's been a while to get you on the show, but... I didn't know you was a follower, follower Nadia. I have a follower. Thanks for tuning follower. in. I could do better in my following, but I, I am a follower. We appreciate you listening. She, do, she does press me saying, when am I going to come on the show? When am I going to come on the show? I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a bit fast like that. No, you need to be. I'm nervous now I'm here, but I'm a bit Why are you fast. nervous? You was all relaxed know. before. <laughs> that was before. Don't worry. Just got to put your best foot forward. That's all it is. I'll sometimes. try. I'll try. It's tea wrap and banter. No one's drinking today. Um, I know you had a night out last night. Oh, yeah. A bit hungover, but not, not really hungover. Hungover with tiredness more so. Okay. Than anything we'll else. T- we'll take it easy. Kat, how you been? Yeah, I've been all right. You know, just working hard as usual, man. How about yourself? Yeah, busy day today. Uh, and then week's been all right. I got my mum's 70th party later, fancy dress. It was about 30, 40 women and me. <laughs> I'm the only man. I'll be serving the drinks and the food. and Butler. Just be, being, yeah, butler. almost. Yeah, butler. Tr- trust me. I'm dressing up as Jeeves because it's a fancy dress beginning with the letter J. So... That's all right. Corny or not? Is that all right? No, ask Jeeves, you know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm good, man. So, yeah, busy, busy, but I'm happy to be back. Uh, don't forget you can check us out on all the socials at Beer Rap Bants and Beer Rap and Banner at gmail.com. Now, the reason I got Nadia... Well, Nadia, explain, please, what else you do, because okay. y- you're multifaceted and very inspirational. You do a lot for the local community as well as some of the schemes you're involved in. Okay, so what do I do my day job, I am a family support worker for a federation federation of primary schools in Hackney. So that's my day job. That came out of working for children in care and working with mums who were at risk of losing their children. I was a parent and assessor, which led me into my job now. From doing my job in Hackney, I got approached. I've been approached by various people organizations to join them in their projects I thought I'm quite passionate about helping other people so if somebody needs something done and I think that it's a worthy cause they'll ask me to jump on board and more likely than not I will say okay the enforcer I'll try I try to enforce I try to support I try to support where I can it's good and bad and then with, uh, with the school uh, that you're at at the minute, there was this really good scheme that I went to last year called It Takes a Village, mm-hmm. where with your head teacher... Uh, Mr. Greg Logan, head teacher of Dalbany Primary School. Yeah, and he had um, sort of special guests come and speak uh, to the primary school children and to the parents and the people in the community. Uh, just touch on that a bit and sort of how that's gone. Okay, so It Takes a Village, that was a project that we did in school... Um, it's part of the Young Black Man's Initiative going on in Hackney. So it takes a village. Basically, the concept is exactly what it says on the box. It takes a village. And we were trying to bring that old school concept back into our community in Hackney because we know that if the whole village is plays a part in raising that child, that child has a better prospect. We directed it towards all children and young people and parents as well because educating parents is key. However, our focus was young black men because we know that the outcomes for this cohort is not always positive. So 
what we did was we we designed a six week program and every week we would have a session based on different subjects ranging from um, our fathers important celebrating fathers um, looking at people that were in high positions within their jobs such as barristers doctors Michael Watson um, the boxer we had a Carla so by bringing all those people together and allowing our children to see these people who they could see themselves in, it would inspire them. It would also inspire their parents because if we can bring you and your children and put them in front of people that are doing amazing things but have come from the same places, then these children can see that I can do that as well. So by pulling all those resources, we become a village and then we raise the children. Yeah, it's really been inspirational because you... Because you and I go way back mm. as sort of friends, and then friends of family and whatnot, and we worked together at a school, and then y I moved, you know, away to a different school, and you you invited me down, and I came and I met the whole staff, and it was really nice being in the being in the being in the school setting, and met some really inspirational people, and that's where I met Michael Watson, Cal, which I've always you know got him as my display pick, and everyone knows sort of how uh, how important he was sort of in British boxing and the story he has of sort of coming up from his coma and then not being able to walk, to walking and talking. And when Akala spoke as well mm. for like 15, 20 minutes and then talking about extracts from his book, it was just so motivational and, and it was packed and there was all types of people there, there was all types of children. There was um the man who writes for The Guardian. Yeah, I forgot his name, excuse me. Gary Young or so Gary Young. Gary Young, that's yeah. the one. Um, top journalist for The Guardian. Yeah. So it's it's really done it's really done great things and hopefully it's going to continue in the near future. I know it's busy times at schools and whatnot, but totally. hopefully it continues. Totally, it's going to continue. And um, anyone that's listening that is, you know, influential, our next project, which is going to be in June, run from June to July, is going to be a career speed dating for our children. So the concept is we want barristers doctors, solicitors, um, teachers, anyone that does a job other than maybe, say, being a rapper, no disrespect to rappers, this is a great, but we want our children to Proper start job. aspiring to, <laughs> well, you say know, it, be honest, come on. we want our children to be, <laughs> to be more than a YouTuber, no disrespect to YouTubers. So the concept, bring those people in, put them in front of our children, allow them those children to speak to that person directly. They kind of get the awe factor and the wow factor. It's like, I want to do that. I want to be that. And I think as a child for me, and not even as much as a child, even now I see people and I'd be like, oh, I want to do that. Or I want to be like that person. So and that's the concept. And people that they can relate to, that mm -hmm. they can identify with, yep. um, with coming from the same background or, or yep. you know, yep. being the same type yeah. of person. Sorry, Calgon. I was going to say, just I think seeing is really important because yeah. for uh, for like for children, uh, maybe not from the most affluent backgrounds, they probably just never actually get to see certain types of people. Like you know, they'll be watching YouTube, mm -hmm. and they'll probably know some older boys that are on Instagram and on social media and are influencers, and so they'll know that is a path I could go on. Mm -hmm. And you know, they'll know lots of people that rap. They'll know that's a path, but they won't probably you know who's who's a lawyer, who's a barrister. Yeah. Who's an uh, who's an actual accountant? Yeah, and these are sometimes for people that are like coming from the less privileged backgrounds. These are important people that they need to see, uh, just so that they can feel like, oh, well, like, that is an actual op viable option for me as well.
Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, just one to mention, we had um, my cousin, Laurie Power, and she's a barrister, and she just won uh, Barrister of the Year. <coughs> Sorry, um, Barrister of the Year. So she came and she spoke to our children, and she told them her childhood story, and she couldn't read until she was 10 years old, and she'd always wanted to be a barrister, and her dad said to her, well, how are you going to be a barrister? Because you, you're, you're not trying with your reading. So anyway, she couldn't read until she's 10, 10 years old. But by standing there and saying that in, to all those children and them looking at her like, oh my gosh, you couldn't read. It kind of put something into them because now we have a reading scheme at school and children are literally knocking the doors. Can we do reading with you, miss? So 10 minutes of reading with these children, it's like now you want to read because you know that it's mm. okay not to be able to read or be the best reader in my class. I just need to do a little bit at a time. So Is that accelerated reader scheme or is that a different No, scheme? we just decided to do... Um, it's, not, it's not really a reading scheme because we have all those reading yeah, schemes yeah. in school, but what we thought was if we had all our SLT members, our SMT members have specific children that come to them every single day and they read for 15 minutes so you have a child read for 10 and the teacher would read for five and it just kind of gives the love of reading back to them yeah. and that one-to-one -one time that they get with that person because not every child has that parent at home that has the time to read with them so just being able to come out of class sit read get that bit of help have talk build a relationship it's made the children want to read more at our school Reading is powerful. I've got, I've got my book, not because uh, I was trying to show off, but I'm trying yeah. to read more. <laughs> I'm trying to read more. I'm in the morning now. I'm being on, not on my phone straight away. So when I wake up, I'm not. I'm only turning the alarm off my phone. And when I'm eating my breakfast or whatever, I'm reading rather than going on Twitter, going on Instagram or whatever. So I'm really trying to read more. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's positive, yeah. but big up your cousin for getting barrister here. What do you have to do to be barrister here? You have to like. I think you just have to be amazing. Look, look up loads <laughs> of people. <laughs> um, I think she's a defence bar um, barrister, but she's just done a lot of stuff. She works at Twenty Five Bedford Row. She's got like a organisation for young females that want to become barristers. She um, is a part of a program that mentors people that are victims of crime. Um, especially knife crime, young people. She told a story at an event recently of um, a child being interviewed, but your feet don't even touch the ground. So that's how young these children are and they have no knowledge really of what they're doing and what they're getting themselves into. And it's like, are they victims or are they criminals? Mm. So, yeah. Because you were touching on earlier, there was that, um, you went to a seminar recently in the mm -hmm. area and then they were talking about uh Sadiq Khan and sort of the crime special crime units and this this why stop app yeah this why stop app <coughs> had you heard about it before Cal? uh being no but let's uh being let's into get into tech. It. yeah yeah well i'm i'm not going to lie i don't i don't know a lot a lot about it but the small introduction that i got to it which encouraged me to pick the paperwork up for my school was that why stop is an app that it's there to support young people to understand their rights when being stopped. It's also to kind of police, in a sense, stop and search, because stop and searches are going on so much these days, but mm. it's not always done in the right way or in the right context. So if you are a young person and a friend of yours is being stopped by the police or you're being stopped by the police, knowing that you have the right to film that to ensure things are <coughs> sorry, excuse me, things are done correctly 
some children don't know that they can actually record, so they get scared. Or they do know that they can record, but then they get intimidated. So then they'll stop recording. But this app, basically, it will teach them what they're allowed to do. Yeah, give them their rights. Yeah, and it's just got a key feature on it is that if they... If you're getting stopped or a friend of yours is getting stopped and you're filming and in that moment you feel um, threatened or you're told to stop filming, you can shake the phone. And what will happen is it will stop filming instantly, but it will send a alert to their head office and they will contact that person. Um, they will have the power to speak to the police to find out what's going on and basically make sure you're okay. And they will call you again to make sure that you've returned home and things like that. So I think it's a very powerful tool for our young black people who, young black boys mainly and our young children who, I believe their reactions to when they're stopped is not because they're aggressive young people, it's because they are scared and they don't actually know what to do. So they act in the only way they know, which is I need to defend myself. Mm. Frustration. It says this app is a tool for you to monitor how stop and search is conducted, either of yourself or someone else. It helps you to film and collect your own evidence and share it with why stop, no longer having to rely on police records. It makes it easier for you to record or complain about what happened and access support and advice. Why stop is a project run by Release in, in partnership with Stop Watch. So that's, that's fascinating what's going on. Yeah, totally. It's, going it's on. needed. It's so needed. Um, I think the key factor for me, as I mentioned earlier, was are our young people, are they criminals or are they victims? Because they're becoming criminalised at such a young age and some of the things that they're being criminalised for, somebody probably from a different walk of life would not be criminalised for that same thing. So, yeah, it's, it's key. Mm. To it's fascinating. And, well, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. You're doing a lot on the ground level. And also to speak on uh, the Red Box project that you're okay. involved in. So this is where we roll up our sleeves okay. and get into the, the <laughs> business end of... So the Red Box project. I got involved in the Red Box project solely by accident. When I took my job um, in Dalbany Primary School about coming up two years, I just happened to find a Red Box in my office under the table, which contains sanitary products. And I was like, oh, what is this? It looked really interesting. I saw a number. I called up. Yep, we want to get on it. They said, well, we did put the box in your school, but nobody didn't really go um, take it out. So anyway, made the call. They came, they delivered products. So I thought, okay, how can I, how can I utilise this red boxes? Then it came to me that my own child, she got her menstrual cycle at a very, very young age. So obviously that's not going to be any different for the children that I work with. So I thought, let me introduce it to our young girls because I also knew the reason behind the Red Box project. So, <coughs> so yeah. you have to excuse me. Do you want to get some water going? Is yeah. like a pressure <laughs> in you? Like, <laughs> I know I've got these eyes get, on me. Like, get, get the drink. So this Hold is on. so this is basically providing female pupils in primary and secondary with sanitary products to help them as they begin their period. Basically, I've got to admit, I did think uh, maybe there was a bit of banter in the the, uh, the name of it. The red box. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's just because the product. Oh, I'll get to the red box. She has got a red box. <laughs> Careful, don't spit your water over the plugs and oh, blow Lord. up the whole setup. Lord, let me put the let me, oh. let me put a lid back on. Yeah, it. Oh, let's put a lid back on the box. <laughs> 
Sad. Way to break the ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Because as blokes, we obviously don't encounter it um, until sort of, well, until we're maybe dating a girl or in secondary school you hear about it or women in our family, but you don't really know about it too much. Do you mm, know what I mean? Mm. Um, so it's interesting to, to hear it for a lot of our male listeners and ourselves as blokes. Um, what's going on? So once you saw the red box underneath your desk, yeah, so, um, it was a sign. It was just there. It was a sign. It was a sign. And I mean, it's exactly what you say. It is about ensuring that all children, all girls in school can access sanitary products and don't have to miss school because they don't have um, sanitary products. That was the main concept behind it. Girls were missing education because they didn't have access to these products. And for me, that was probably what led me down that path as well as finding that box because as I did I did a show um I did a piece for the metro the other day and that was my story about myself and why I could relate to it because I grew up in Chinkford with six brothers and sisters in the I won't say what decade it was but yeah six brothers and sisters <laughs> times <laughs> times were hard which at that time I probably would have been so ashamed to say times are hard, but now it is what it is. Times were hard. There were times where, you know, I'm not going to ask for money to go and buy sanitary towels because we need food. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it was like, yeah, I know what I experienced and the impact it had on me as a young person. So let me put my name to this. Let me see what I can do, even if it was just for the children in my school. So we did an assembly. We introduced it into the school properly. We provided a toilet for our girls that was just for them to make them feel like, yeah, this is... Because this is all at primary this as well. Is all Let's at not primary. forget. Because a lot of us, is, we're thinking secondary. I know mm -hmm. the girls are getting it maybe year six, summertime, but they're getting mm -hmm. younger and younger Yeah, now. It's, it's getting younger and younger. There's a lot of science behind it as well, but we won't go into that. Um, so just made it a, a topic of discussion in our school. Obviously, we spoke to the girls about it for the first. Mm. We tied it in with our RSC lessons. Um, we did a presentation and we humanised it for them because their concept of of a period is so it's kind of warped. I think when you're when you're young, you're just mm. thinking, "Oh my god, I'm just going to have this period. I'm going to have pain. I'm going to bleed, and what do I do?" Like back in the day when you would go down to the river and you would stay there for seven days. It's like we we still weren't talking about it enough. So. Once we did that in school, we found that girls were more readily able to come and talk to me about their issues or talk to me about periods because they couldn't have that conversation with their parents, depending on culture. And it came also, another thing that came out of it for me is that this whole stigma on period poverty, well, it's going to be our pupil premium children. It's going to be mm. our children that are on free school meals. It's going to be the lower classes of society that are going to experience period poverty. But that may be the case in just accessing the product. But in terms of knowing what to do with the product, in terms of dealing with the symptoms that come with becoming of a menstrual age, you will probably find that there are there are girls that come from very affluent families. They might have chauffeurs that come and pick them up from school. They go to every club, go horse riding, but they don't have a relationship with their parents. Mm. So what they could be going through because when you're going through a PMS, PMS, if you've really got, you're predisposed to say mental health issues, attachment issues, it's going to bring on so much more. But if you don't even have that parent because they're around business that you can talk to, then who do you talk to? You suffer in silence. So just by opening it up, we found that 
girls would come and talk to us and it was like we weren't just getting the girls that we know things are hard at home we were getting the girls that clearly there's something missing here at home because your parents aren't talking to you about it so that it kind of just got so huge and then off of the back of going on a couple of shows and other people that I have to say were have been campaigning the government agreed to put sanitary products in all schools um, all primary schools because it was already uh, apparent in secondary schools mm. so all primary schools from January 2020 so on the 23rd of January it rolled out to all primary schools I think it's 32 um, is it 32,000 schools in I don't know you're looking at London. me like I don't know you're a teacher right yeah, but I don't <laughs> worry about myself, mate. <laughs> That's a lot of schools. Allegedly. Um, no, just yeah. moment, <laughs> no, yeah. Con well, congr I mean, congratulations, yeah. maybe not the right word. But, and you was also on the news. I was on the news. I was on the news. Basically, it was because it's it was going to get rolled out. So the week before it gets rolled out, let's put a big drive into um, media. And it was also mainly because the government have agreed to do this. They're funding it. They're giving schools money. But for it to stay, you have to opt in. Your school has to opt in. You're given a budget. You opt in every year. Mm. And we know the schools are very busy places. Th whose job is it going to be to do that? Who is going to take the time to make sure you're buying the products you need? You're yeah, ordering yeah, supplies. Yeah. You're watching the budget. Oh, so it's not you and maybe a team of your people that will go around to the schools. And no, no, no. Like a, uh, I don't know. You know, like a... Sometimes there'll be like an assembly and someone will come to the school. <laughs> someone no. will walk in in a big tampon <laughs> mascot suit and like an assembly. <laughs> with, a with a sandwich tail on their oh, head, yeah. Who's drawing the um, short straw for that one today? <laughs> always on body form. Um. <laughs> <laughs> come on, kids. There's some sing-along in assembly. Yeah, no. So, no, it's not that. It's all the schools got an email on the 23rd of January from a company called PHS. Most of you will know who they are. Um, and... You get an email and then you get a code and then you opt in. You're given a budget, depending on your area and your school. Then you order your products and your products are delivered. However, you have to do this every year. So as I said, somebody needs to take responsibility for that. And mm. unfortunately, not everybody is going to go above and beyond. And yeah, we have to yeah. be honest because jobs, people are busy in schools. So you're going to get schools that are going to be, okay, well, this person was responsible and haven't done it. And that person was responsible and hasn't done it. So then if we go in five years time, the government says, well, actually, this many schools haven't opted in. So clearly it wasn't a problem in the beginning. They can actually remove that. So the point of it now is to ensure that all schools are signing up and realising the importance of it for their children yeah. in their schools. So if you are listening, and I know a few people that do listen whose partners are in schools or work in schools, uh, we've got uh, our, you know, colleagues that are listening what is it again uh, sort of the website or the um ph p s h e is the phs is the company that's yeah. going to deliver the products but all the schools would have got the email okay. um, so it's just a matter of checking the email if you haven't then you need to call phs, PHS. the company itself or you can go on to the department of education website and there'll be a link there because do you think as well like i just thought that like why they got the sanitary products in primary secondary do you think they should have condom machines in secondary schools just well, put, just throwing no, out there to I don't think they do should think? no I don't think they should I don't think they need to because they have the one card what's the one card the one card is a card where secondary school children in secondary schools will get a one card and they can take that card and get free condoms when in certain places do whenever they, have to apply they need for the one card first 
no, I think the parents have to can sign up for it. I mean, this when my children got off of the <laughs> but white card, then it's letting mum and dad like, know that you were uh, you need condoms. Well, this is the thing, and I was like, well, why are they going to give you a one card? Why are they giving you um condoms? That's what <laughs> I said to my boys, and it was like, but that was quite ignorant of me. It was my first instinct as a parent. Yeah. But then in reality, it's like, well, okay, if they're not giving you condoms, then you're going to come there, up yeah. with a grandbaby for me. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, okay, I get it. And you're not ready to be a grandma. No, I'm not ready to be. I'm not ready to be a glamma yet. Glamma. Um, glamma. <laughs> I'm not quite ready yet. Um, so yeah, I don't think they need vending machines for condoms in schools because we know the kids are having sex; they're going to get condoms. What I do think, where what got missed in this whole campaign of period poverty is that okay, if we've got girls that can't afford period products then their parents can't afford them neither. Mm. Do you see what I mean? So it's not just young people in secondary schools. And then another key thing, we cannot control whether we have a menstrual cycle or not. We are the reason for your being. So I do accept your thoughts on that. From Speak the, on it. You know, and... <laughs> well, praise be to women. Ben's bowing down and worshiping right do now. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you guys, <laughs> you guys can get condoms for free to go and, you know... Saw your wild oats or whatever it is that you choose to do. Water bombs. But as women, <laughs> but as women we have to have a period. Yeah. So why do we have to pay for products? There's a statistic on the luxury tax as well, wasn't there? Some big I think thing it did a few come on. Ago? Yes, yeah, and it is ridiculous. tax. It's and essential. It, it should be. And there's this. This might not sound a lot, but it said that you will spend five thousand pounds in your lifetime on period on sanitary towels and tampons now people might think well that's your whole lifetime but why are you paying for this and men will spend a lifetime a headache having to deal with <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking i'm joking <laughs> sorry sorry but then if we get them for free that money could go on yeah, yeah, yeah. you know pamper days and then you would have less headaches i still think we get headaches i'm looking at me don't know what to say i'm trying not to overstep the market I'm trying to behave myself no it's calm <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but it is. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm taking the. No, make, I think it's gr it's great subject, man. I'm, I'm happy, uh, really uh, proud that we could have this conversation. We could have you here and, and help to shine a light on this great cause that you're promoting. Um, you did mention that you were in the news, and uh, I thought I read something about you earlier, um, but I'm not sure if I read it right. But did did you have cancer and you beat cancer? Oh yeah, you did. You did read that right. Wow. Well, I had early stage breast cancer, so I was very, very fortunate um, to have early stage breast cancer, catch it early. And yeah. That's amazing. So not only are you out here championing for young people, but you're also a cancer survivor. Yeah. I, I, it's a very, I'm quite open to talking about having breast cancer. I did a page off of my Facebook for... It was basically, the reason why I did it was because when you're going through something like that, you kind of want to remove the worry and the fear from your family. But you need that support. You need that voices of reason. You need the positive words. And for me, my platform, when I was having down days or good days or things that I could celebrate people that I didn't know, words and stuff from them made me feel better. So it was kind of, I did it for myself and I did it for others because I think as a black woman, especially when I was going to have radiotherapy, it was like, okay, what is my breast going to look like? 
after this and I'd search Google, 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 and I couldn't find not one black breast. So I knew what it would look like if I had a white breast, but not if I had a black. And it was just like, I'm going to let people see by showing my own what they can expect if they go through the same thing that I've gone through. And um, yeah, that's... It's motivational. And wow. you had the um the thing at school about wearing the pink yes. and the charity yeah. to raise awareness for it. Yeah. So we do, at our school, we have a charity every year. Last year it was St. John's Hospice. So for me, it was like, okay, how can I use... I would, would have liked to have raised money for breast cancer anyway. I did it for Macmillan. But when you're working, you just don't have time for all of this stuff. So I thought, okay, how can I... We came to your... To, to my cakes. To, yeah, you met Andrew and I. Yeah. And then we'd eat cakes and chill yeah. with your mum and aunt. And yeah, and that was, that was great. But then it was like, I want to do it some more. So how can I use school to do what I need to do for breast cancer? So asked my head teacher, told my head teacher what I want to do. He was like, okay, we'll choose breast cancer. We'll have breast cancer now as our charity for the year. So it just tied in with their Wear It Pink Day. So at school, we had a Wear It Pink Day at school. So the whole school dressed up in pink, the men, the head teachers. We had um, a pink themed cake sale. We had Hackney Gazette come down and it was just a really fun day. I mean, I got I got satisfaction out of doing it by seeing the smiles on all the children's faces because mm. they're all in pink and we had bunny rabbits, we had pink panther and I like to dress up anyway. So <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, the Hackney Gazette came down and we raised £630 on that oh, day well. Congratulations. for them. Our target is £1,000. Um, so... What we'll do now, every event that we do in school, the money, the proceeds will go to Breast Cancer Now. And then at the end of the year, they will come along and we'll present them with a cheque. So our next event is on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh talk on it. It's, half t- it's the last it's, day of term. It's the last day well. of term. So what we ch- and also the focus, the sole focus or the jigsaw focus is, oh, um, yeah. is love yourself. It's about finding your brave. It's a time with children's mental health and all about of to that. Talk about that. Yeah. Yep. So we thought, okay, how do we tie in raising money with this with this jigsaw focus for the children um, and Valentine's Day? So we said, okay, the wear it pink went amazing. Let's wear it red. But rather than who do you love, you know how kids can be. You for as to make it educational, obviously, as a part of their jigsaw session, the children will make a Valentine's card for themselves. So they'll all get to wear red for the day and then they will make this Valentine's card and they'll write it to themselves on why they love themselves. And then they're gonna have like red themed cupcakes mm. and then we'll have a cake sale, which might I add cake sales in school are dangerous. I vowed never to do one again, but you know, I had to find my brave. There we go. And do another one. Self-love is the best love. It is the best love. And I think once you can love yourself, then you can learn to love others. Definitely as we get older. Mm. um, And it's been Children's Mental Health Week. We've been trying to raise Mm. awareness. And we always say on the podcast, we're advocates for talking to one another, especially as blokes as well, sort of picking up the phone and ringing, ringing each other and letting everyone know how we feel. So that's been good. I know our school, we did sort of brave superheroes and uh, what does it mean to be brave and how Mm -hmm. you can you know, find your brave and, and, and be strong. So that's that's really interesting. Valentine's Day coming up. Yeah. You get whisked away. Mm-hmm. Are you being whisked away? Is it? I pre- don't know if I'm being whisked away. If my other half is listening, <coughs> I might be now. 
I'm reluctant. You're a big cinema goer, but I'm not. I wish I was, but have you got um have you got one of those what's it like called? Memberships. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not like a, a guy that goes on a regular like that, but as someone who is uh, a bit of a filmmaker, mm. I'm quite interested in film. And so, you know, I go to film clubs, I go to uh, cinemas, sometimes I go to little Q and A's and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it any good? Mm-hmm. Bad Boys Free or Bad Boys uh, for Life? Yeah, you know what? That was one of those films that we grew up with, mm. you know, uh, from our generation and um, whatever generation that uh, Nadia's from, that uh, naming no decades. <laughs> 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 but it's a film that has spanned the She's generation. not even that old. I don't even know what the banner is like. It's, it's a film that spanned the generation. Mm. So, like, everyone will remember that kind of Will Smith and Martin yeah. Lawrence combination, you know. Who's funnier? Um, Who's so fun- I, lo- I loved seeing it uh, again w- with a modern twist on it. Yeah. Like, mm. sort of 20 years after... The first movie came mm. out. Who do you think is funnier, Martin Lawrence or Will Smith? Will Smith. Martin Lawrence. See, back in the day, if you're talking stand-up comedy, Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence was the day. man yeah. for that. Yeah, I wasn't oh, really... Um, Martin Lawrence. Do you know, back in the back in the day, this is going to sound really, really sh- bad, but back in the day, I didn't find black people funny. Wow. So that's because you lived in Chinkford. Yeah, that's I grew why. up with colour issues. Yeah, that's deep. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say that. So, now. who 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 are your sort of the people you liked? Uh, Bros. When will, will I, I will I be famous? No, you know the words. That you have the posters. I know the words. I just can't you have sing. New, new kids on the block. I had the tape. Choose, I had the record. No, but that's not. That's like. Yeah, but you didn't find them funny. Like you didn't find the oh, stand-up funny. So I'm what guessing you like like only fools and horses that kind of thing. No, that's proper. No. Like, wow. I just like I EastEnders. Like oh, EastEnders and, is shocking. And Home and Away, okay. and Neighbours. Yeah, but that's universal. Like. White, black, Asian, everyone watched that. You meant mm. comedy, like funny. Yeah, no, but you know when everyone used to be like, oh yeah, Chris Rock and this stand-up show and Eddie Murphy and mm. they will be laughing and I'll just be confused. Oh, Eddie Murphy though. Come on, when he yeah. did Raw. Yeah. I didn't <sighs> find it funny. I remember the one wow. about the ice cream. The kids that couldn't afford the ice cream, you can't have the ice cream because you're on welfare. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. But that that touched, hit home. that hit home. I got that ice cream. <laughs> Soon you ain't got. No, yeah, that hit can't home. sing it now. She'll have like that's like raw. That's oh, raw that's, that's traumatic. Um, but you yeah. know, what kids are like kids can be uh, a bit mean, can't kids, they? Kids yeah. can be really mean. Yeah. There was an interesting talking about like sort of black comedians. There's an interesting Lenny Henry documentary and what he had to go through in Britain in the 80s and stuff. And mm. he was a young comedian and an actor, and they made him uh, as the host for this program on TV, and everyone blacked up. It was like a minstrel show. Oh. And he was the only black man, person on the show, but everyone else was white with blacked up faces. And he got slated for it, but he sort of was 17, 18. Did you know about this? No, I didn't. Back in the day. This is before like Tiz Wars or whatever yeah. program he used to do. That's deep, man. Yeah, that is. I didn't yeah. even like. Is it a really interesting documentary? And his books out, Lenny Henry, because I remember in this Costello episode we did, where I was sort of slating Lenny Henry, saying he weren't that funny, but what he had to go through and like, mm. yeah, fascinating. Anyway, mm. that's just a bit of a mm. side journey. Um, so we yeah. was talking about um, everything and anything, really. Uh, Queen and Slim. So did you like it? Out I loved ten. it. Ten. 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 Give us a quick summary about this film again. Um. Modern day Bonnie and Clyde. Boy meets go. girl. Stuff happens that you least expect to happen in the way you'd least expect it to, to manifest. There's like a running with a police officer. And then there is a running run. with a police officer. I don't want to give too much away. Because mm. um, he's a British actor, isn't he? Has he got the act? Is he? Yeah. Is he a British actor? Yeah. Yeah. Was he in Get Out? Yeah, he was. Have you seen he's been interviewed in the chicken shop, girl? You know that uh, the white girl that does the chicken shop interviews? 
Ain't you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. And so someone tweeted, like, when will he ever learn? <laughs> <laughs> get out. Like, you got fooled once in it. But his white girl don't get in on his No, I haven't seen no, I'm only that. Um, but yeah, but yeah go watch it, guys. Go watch it. It's got some it's amazing got quotes in there. Oh, you said it had a quote that you're going to... I can't... Can you... my, it's on my phone. My phone's in my coat pocket. Oh. So, um, okay, and you said you've got yeah, an interesting scene in a car. Very interesting scene in a car. For those of you that haven't got your car miles, um, the, yeah. <laughs> the car mile club, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I don't even know about that. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> right. But you see the mile high club, like the toilets are too small in the aeroplane yeah. for anyone to, you get cramp in your leg and where are you going to? I guess if you're in first class, maybe the toilets yeah, would be a might bit be more right. comfortable. I wouldn't know about first class, but not yet. I mean, when I went first class a couple of times, I didn't find that um, there was enough space in the toilets. Joke, joke, joke. I haven't been first class ever. Were <laughs> <laughs> you going to tell us about your mile high club experience? No, 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 no. It's not that kind of Ray was out flying business class the other day, innit? He went and put uh, a little something on his Instagram. Bastard. <laughs> different different quality of life, mate. Different Shout out to Ray. He's, he's living, man. Um. What else are we ban- bantering about? I don't know. I've got some notes, but we could talk about uh, Philip Schofield. Does it matter that he came out as gay? It, why did it make the news? Did it deserve to make the news? Well, it was always going to make the news. He's Philip Schofield. So what? He's just any guy. He's any presenter. He, well, he could say that, but then they win TV awards every year. The same award. They win it year in, year out. This morning has a massive following. Mm. For lots of people, they did watch Philip Schofield and Gordon the Gopher. Have you seen those memes of Gordon I the Gopher? I have seen those memes of Gordon the Gopher. Um, for me, I feel like, what was the perp- What was your purpose? <clears throat> Sorry. Did you come out on national TV for you, for yourself, for the media, yeah. What was your purpose? Because what ratings? What rate? Yeah. For my daughter this morning, um, said, well, you know, because obviously when people like that come out, it helps other people that might want to come out, and it will support the transgender community and the LGBT movement. And you know, he's a big influential person. But then for me, it's like, well, so many more people that are just as influential as you have come out. So that I don't think that was your reason behind doing it. Mm. And I just think about the long-term psychological impact it's going to have on your children at some point in their life. Because I was speaking, because people got different views. Because because someone was saying, "Oh, his poor wife and children. He's led them sort of not astray, but he's he's, he's led a lie to them all these years and to himself." Mm. And then other people are saying, um, "Good on him." And then his wife's got a gay best friend, and they've got you know they've got this relationship there. So. It's a funny one, really. Mm. But then if you kept it a secret for 27 years or, mm. yeah, you discussed it with your family and you, you've spoken to your kids and you've you've come to an understanding, but then if you didn't let every, the world know for 27 years, why did you need to let them Maybe know Maybe he now? wasn't always gay. Maybe he was this... I mean, he released a statement. Yeah. Um. So there's this uh, little statement that uh, came out through this morning. Um. The, uh, the brand uh, or the TV show that he works for and he starts by saying, you never know what's going on in someone's seemingly perfect life, what issues they are struggling with, or the state of their well-being. And so you won't know what has been consuming me for the last few years. And with the strength and support of my wife and my daughters, I've been coming to terms with the fact that I am gay. And then he goes on and he ends saying, my inner conflict contrasts with an outside world that has changed so very much for the better. 
Today, quite rightly, being gay is a reason to celebrate and be proud. So it kind of sounds like he's saying back in the day, like he might have known he was gay, but back in the day, he just he, he couldn't have come out back then. Mm -hmm. And now he feels like it's the time where, you know, the world is, is a much better place to be gay. So he's happy to come out now. Yeah, but that's fine, which is which is fine. I yeah. agree. I agree with him. But why did you need to tell? Why did you feel the need to tell the world on probably the, one of the biggest platforms? Just be gay. That's it. Do you think it was before the the tabloids got involved? Mm. You know what the but British press are like. Like if if he hadn't announced it, if it wasn't common knowledge, mm. then it would have been a scandal. One of the papers would yeah, have. Yeah, but then like when do we ever? When do we ever get to that point? Well, because we live in the century that we live in, and everything just gets exposed anyway. When do we get to the point? Well, okay, you read it in the media. Doesn't mean I'm going to go and have some big song and dance about it. Your business is your business, and I feel like people need to sometimes remember that you don't always have to explain yourself mm. and don't feel forced to explain yourself just be gay wise words no i think i think if you're a person of prominence it's got because the thing is what's happened is he's lived his whole life a certain way and everybody in society has uh this idea of who he is mm. so he he kind of has to let people know that okay this is not who I really am and now I'm going to start being who I really am I think uh because otherwise it, it would be like he he also talks about the the confusion um you know and um you know he says he he's feeling pain and confused that comes from the hurt he's causing his family um yeah, uh, I can understand his family but not Yeah but like sorry to cut you out. I hear all of that but then now you've told the world what what's changed. Well, what's changed is um, I think the point that Ben made about the press. I think that's a good point. What's mm. changed is the press can't now say, "Oh, look, here's a photo of Philip Schofield with a man uh, holding hands mm. on the beach somewhere." Because uh, everyone's gonna be like, "What? what? He's married." Yeah, and he, okay, you know yeah. What I mean? I get you see that little that little <laughs> meme of Andy Peters, Andy Peters <laughs> looking at the bush like. <laughs> Yes, but not to be funny, not to be Say funny, no. but he probably read, already has held hands with a man on a beach, and I the press would never, and the anyway. press were never ever going to get a shot of that. Come on, it's been twenty seven years. Yeah, he must have been doing things covert, over overtly covert, overtly covert. <laughs> wow, Bars. Like a word of the day, ding 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 ding. Don Juan de Marco. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Over covert. <laughs> I don't know where that went, came from. Went on the beach with no shirt. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Doesn't like that. Oh, we're, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we're going. But no, I don't think, I think, because he's a presenter on daytime TV, he was a children's presenter. He could even be asexual. Like, it doesn't matter what he was, because it was a very, not clean cut, but it's daytime TV. You're either watching it because, you know, you're at home with the kids or you're unemployed or you're a student or whatever. And daytime TV for kids, kids don't kids don't even see gay or straight, white mm. or black, whatever, mm. to a certain age, obviously. Mm. Um, so I don't think it mattered as much like that, but to his family, coming out obviously, and have to let him know. So it's I don't know. Mm. He's I been living he's been living this life a lie a long time. Mm. I'm so I'm happy for him. I think you know. He, yeah, we I just think his being in the position that he's in, he probably could have come out a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah, but maybe it like, weren't right because now it's just only becoming sort of acceptable you could say in the media do you know what i think a big influencing factor in that is um having caitlin jenner on i'm a celebrity recently 
Oh, don't get me I think, I think that's a contribution Did you watch factor. that? Um, not really. Mm, I only watched it for Ian Wright for one minute not and then really, I turned it off. Really. Well, they weren't when he weren't entertaining the, uh, the Caitlyn and Jenner business. It was just but like, yeah. But you know what, Philip Schofield, as I say, we watched him as children. Whatever makes you happy. Mm. You a Love Island fan? I am not you? a Love Island fan. No. I am so not a Love Island fan. I happened to watch one episode, I think, last week when it was the Snog, Marry, or something the else. Void? Um, no, Pie. Pie. What? What do you mean? Snog, pie? Marry, or Pie. What, a pie in the face? Yeah, a pie in the face. Um, <laughs> and a couple of things that I watch manifest in there unfold. I'm just like, yeah, this is why I don't watch love island and for the fact that my children actually meet up on the sofa at nine o'clock every night to watch it wow i'm just like nah, it's become right. the number one thing cal you ever seen it or glimpses of it i mean i hear people talking about it all the it's time it's trending i had to mute um, like try and mute the word on twitter or it's yeah sorry no I, I don't come across it that much to be honest it's just when i normally when i have conversations with people mm. that's when it comes up um, uh, every now and again on social media I might see something referring to it but not that much mm. to be honest would you go so on I it? don't know much about it from what you do know would you go on it oh hell no I'm not a reality TV kind of person okay like for one you probably got to look like a supermodel to go on there anyway mm. well um, it's people's definition of a supermodel if he wasn't a married man babe would you go on it for the free holiday mm. no nah, not really okay I don't even know if I do like big brother maybe but you know what? I'm not really like I'm. I'm a normal person. Mm. I'm fairly interesting, but I don't think I'm that sort of out there, out there, out there mm. to make people want to watch and be like, "Oh my god, did you see what he did? Or did mm. you see what he?" And I, I can't really play the game and play people off each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who wants to be seen kissing or doing whatever yeah, on TV exactly. in front of millions? And then when you come off the program and you're shopping in Tesco's or Lidl or Aldi or you're going wherever, people will automatically phone in your face. Mm. Um, there's no escaping, really. People are too quick to be famous yeah. now with no sort of, no realms of substance. Um, what are you watching on Netflix in a minute? Uh, what I've are you watching just, in a minute? Anything? I've just finished watching The Messiah. Ah. Ooh. Mm. That's a good show. Mm, I loved it. It uh, made me realise that I probably need to read the Bible again. You're a God-fearing Christian woman? I am not a, I'm a God-fearing woman. I wouldn't say I'm a Christian woman. I'll say I'm a woman of God. Have you watched Messiah? I have. I am. Um, I, I thought it was very well written, nice and slowly paced. Maybe the the youngsters these days they probably wouldn't have time for a show like that because they'll probably be watching Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, stuff like the Messiah that's more my kind of thing. It's like quite thought provoking, isn't mm-hmm. it? It makes you mm-hmm. think, and um, they kind of just gave you that scenario of what happened if the Messiah came back today. Mm. What would happen if, you know, Jesus like came back or one of the prophets from, um, like the prophet Muhammad from the, from the Quran, what happened if he started going around the world to different countries and they show you it and it's just like, wow. It's, it's, I thought it was mind blowing. It was really good. I totally saw the first agree. 10, 20 minutes and I think I wasn't fully focused to watch it. So I think a lot of people now watch TV with their phone in their hand. That's probably why Love Island and I'm a Celebrity and all these other programs seem to do well because they're talking points and you don't need to sit and digest it properly. So I need to, I'm going to watch it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. will get. Now you've been bigging it up and you've been bigging it up and yeah, my sister was is. was promoting it. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so Messiah's on the watch list. Uh, Cal, anything? Um, I haven't got anything on the watch list. I was watching the Messiah. Um, I went back and uh, 
and caught up with the Star Wars TV show, The Mandalorian. Okay. I was watching that recently. Um, just, you know, just, just some light-hearted kind of, uh, you know, sci-fi fantasy stuff. Nothing serious there, but good entertainment for me. I'm, I'm into sci-fi, so I like that kind of thing. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. I was watching uh, King Gary on BBC. That's like some Essex comedy thing. And then I've been trying to find Rick and Morty season four, but it's disappeared. I can't find it anywhere. Mm? Is that so out already? Do you, know, do you know what Rick and Morty is? You yeah. watched it? It's a cartoon. It's pretty weird. You might like it. You might not. I think Channel 4 got the rights for, for the latest season. I'll have to check it out. But uh, no, not TV. I need to get into something. I watched the Hip Hop Evolution, the new season. That was really good. Really, really good. And that is it. I don't know. What else? Anything else, Nad, you've been watching or recommending? I, I kind of struggle with things to watch since, um, and it's going to sound so sad, but since Game of Thrones, I really struggle to get into... I was such a throner. I struggle to get into programs now because if it's not going to grip me, like the Messiah, like the Messiah, then I kind of just drift off. So yeah, I'm looking... I mean, I watched. I did watch a series on... Which one was that? Amazon. <laughs> yeah, to think, what cables? <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon. Going back to some African language, isn't it? I watching on 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 on. Oh man! Oh, what channel is that, fam? Let me, let me subscribe. No, sorry. Get the box sorry. set. Um, Sorry, on, you on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon, wa- sorry. Yeah, I watched a show on Amazon called The Boys. Mm. So if you're into like sci-fi, it's like a Philip Schofield program. Super f- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm joking. I see I'm joking. what you did there. I see what you did I'm joking, there. So. No, I think you would like it's basically superheroes gone bad. Yes. Very okay, good. Okay. Very, very good. Amazon, I have to get someone else's Amazon Prime because I only I'll, I'll borrow you mine. Jeez, like that. Have is you it? still got my um Sky one? What have you got? Your one? Sky one? Yeah, do you remember? No. <laughs> I don't remember your honor. <laughs> trying to be like your cousin now, trying to set me up with the. Uh, I didn't know your Sky. Did I have your Sky? Account? Yeah, I'm sure I gave you my Sky guy one a long time. time ago. I'm using my brother in law's big up Carl. <laughs> he, says it, he says it like he's got his own, like, yeah, long time. Long time. I'm using <laughs> I've some... got someone else now. Trust me. Yeah, I'm trying um, to get one of them box, them uh, every channel box things for like a nice price. Every okay. channel, even. Channel and all that. All those channels. Um, I do like the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oof. No, not for me. Which my boys call Trash TV. It's super and trashy. And kind of in that same ballpark with like love and hip hop. Yeah. And um, I don't watch any of the others. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta because I um, think that's a lot of their business acumen mm. is amazing. One of them's oh, a doctor, okay. isn't it, as well? Mm. Is she? Or? Um, I'd no, love to go on, to Atlanta. Not Just on that one. Oh, okay. Probably married to medicine you're talking about. Oh, yeah. wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. Yeah. Interesting. So, so is, this, is this kind of like housewives talking about, you know, because like, because some of these like people that, or some of these women mm. that are married to like really successful men, some of them handle a lot of the, of the affairs, don't they? Like mm-hmm. um, they kind of like, are into the kind of accounts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even some legal matters and stuff like that. And maybe some of them are just outright fully running business, running their own business. Totally. Like if you look at Kim Kardashian, she does so much like by herself yeah. and she probably helps Kanye with certain things as well because uh, she's got that business acumen, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. which he, and he, him being more of a creative, he could probably use a wife with that kind of mm-hmm. uh, 
business mind. Yeah, so yeah, totally. That's why I watch um, shows like Real Housewives of Atlanta because of their business. I find that their ability to make money, I find it quite ph- phenomenal actually. Because the American they do hustle have, is yeah, it's real. The American hustle is very, very yeah, real. They yeah. those women have jobs; they don't have a job, and it's kind of yeah. the mentality that I think that we're trying to put into our young people now. Um, is have something for yourself, build something for your future. Mm. Yes, we can all have nine to fives, but at the end of the day, with the way the world is going, economy, society, to be in a certain place in life, you need to kind of have a business or some kind of Mm. idea that you can propel from. Multiple streams of Mm. revenue. Mm. Get your money up. For sure. Mm. Nadia, you're talking that talk, man. I'm trying, Um, I'm trying. Why do you think I got on the show? I Nadzi's like <laughs> of people, right? Cal showing me the. Car. I think we got to wrap it up. Um, Nadzi, any sort of last words or anything you'd like to just sort of share with our listeners before we? No, I just mean say I goodbye. Thank you for having me on the show, first of all, and um, my main reason for doing this, as I said, is because I listen to you guys and also to help me build my confidence. Well, you were in uh, speaking and things yeah, like that. You're, you're well. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be doing your TED Talks anytime soon. You know and we'll be like, can I put my feet on the table? I don't really want to do that. It's a coffee table. No, we really appreciate you. I mean, you know, how much, you know, we've got love for you. So we thank you so much. And what you're doing with all the schemes at school and outside of school and keep at it. And we will help push it. Um, Cal? Yeah, I'd just like to say um, it's so nice to hear that you're a listener of ours. I appreciate uh, you for tuning in. It's great to have you on. And you've officially transcended from being a listener to a podcaster now. So, yeah, maybe in the future, uh, maybe you'll be starting your own podcast. Maybe. Mm, Let's see. Let's see. But, yeah, good luck to you, Nadia. Thank Um, you. And uh, if you've got any sort of uh, anything you want to promote, like Mm -hmm. uh, any uh, social media handles or anything like that that you can shout out real quick. Um, Just Miss Collier at Instagram. Um, Spell it because... M I Z Z C O L L I E R. I don't use Twitter. No. Um, I don't blame you. I yeah. think it's sort of becoming now it's one or the other or a multitude yeah. of things. I don't, but I, don't, I don't really use Facebook as such. I have another page for a business, for my business, but I'm not ready to talk about it because tic- I haven't got enough. Things haven't got as far as enough as far as I want to go with it. No yet, TikTok so. yet? TikTok app? Is that? No, I don't do Apart from what you showed me the other day on TikTok, I don't really do. What did I show you about the. Um, about the hair. The, um, oh, the, the black girl the with black the hair. Did you see hair. that? Mm-mm. So I think, well, I showed Andrew. So basically, to put it in context for our listeners and uh, for people who haven't seen it, there's a TikTok video of this girl, this school girl, black school girl, and she's got her two friends standing behind her, two white girls, and they start touching her hair and biting it and smelling it and saying, oh, what what does it taste like? Do you wash it? What do you do with Damn. it? Mm. And they start laughing about it. Now, I showed Andrea. Like, so people sent it to me some friends of ours, and they were like, bro, what like, what the fuck is all this, man? So I was like, this is, looks a bit mad. I showed Andrea, and she said, they're obviously mucking around. It's a joke. It's obviously, like, set up. Is it, though? And then I spoke to her about her having, so she's mixed race, hair, hair, growing up, and people wanted to touch her hair where she went to school, and mm. she just told them to politely mm. fuck off, mm. innit? Uh, so um, that's the only thing I showed you at TikTok. So did you think it was real? I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's real, who knows? But for me, as I said, I grew up in Chinkford, sitting in an assembly. There were many times that girls would be touching the ends of my extensions. Are they spiders' legs? Why is your hair like that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a very real 
issue. But we have to remember the time that this was made in, what, what decade this was made in for me. In this is now, nowadays. That's now, so... But is it down... For now, so I think like a lot of young people are very naive because that mm. in itself is shouldn't you shouldn't be laughing and smiling at that. But it looked like a bunch of silly girls messing around mm. and just having a laugh to me. That's what it looked like. But then, like, mm. so is should should the girl in the middle whose hair was being played with? It's her duty to educate her friends. Should her friends be doing that? Should be should be sh- these are all questions we could be raising. Should mm. she be allowing her friends to do that? Should they be doing that? Are they right to ask about her hair? In its in, in its innocence, so in its innocence, I totally get it. But it there's so much more that can come from that. I and think knowledge itself is important, mm. and as a black person, you should have some sort of respect for yourself and and your culture, your heritage and, you know, and your Afro hair. And you shouldn't really be allowing yourself to become like, you know, like a zoo animal and and let people pet you and do all of this kind of stuff. You should have respect for yourself, know yourself, respect thyself. So from that perspective, uh, the the black girl shouldn't shouldn't really be putting herself in a position where a video like that's going to be made of her. She needs to be educated like that then from her family or her own views because she's Mm. maybe what, 16 in the video, would you say? 15, Mm. 14, 15, 16... Yeah, I showed it to the boys. Have they, se- have they seen it? Yeah, they hadn't seen it and I showed it to them. But there's so much factors that go mm. into a debate on something like that because you can talk area, age, upbringing, experiences. It can mean so many different things to so many different people. So that's why I think... This is it, because I think, uh, sort of going back to your upbringing there, Nadia, um, that could have been a similar thing happening in an area where you grew up in, where you're kind of just feeling like, you're just all the same. You're just young girls growing up in the same area and mm. they're just messing around making a video. Mm. So from from the outside looking in, you know, people can be looking and seeing it's a black girl and two white girls and mm. it's racial. Mm. And mm. But mm. for them, maybe they're just a, a whole bunch of girls just mm. messing around and having fun. Mm. And that's what was my first reaction mm. to it. Mm-hmm. So, But it yeah. does open up a whole dialogue yeah. and you're right. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, but I think we can all agree, rule number one, Never touch a black woman's hair. Amen to that. On that note, well, we out of well, without asking, well, I mean, you can know, uh, you know, there's times you can pull it, but don't pull it too hard. Cause <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Don't let it out now. Okay, well, maybe on Valentine's Day, <laughs> your hair will be going forward. <laughs> but except for that, yeah. <laughs> ask permission before pulling. <laughs> oh. Nadia, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. This is uh, Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bants. Beer Rap and Banner at gmail.com. Myself, Ben. Myself, Cal. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we out of here. Take care. Bye-bye.